Sorry for the lack of heat today. A little bit cool in here. Maybe nobody noticed. <laughs> Last night was um, Madra Puja Day, a uh, celebration for, it's also called Sangha Day in, in uh, Buddhism. It's a recognition of the rumor has it that on this day over 2600 years ago uh, early on in the Buddhist dispensation dispensation 1250 arahants gathered together uh, inspired to come and visit the Buddha all at the same time from all over the place this was before internet, before hashtags. <laughs> hashtags, enlightened beings, meet here. <laughs> so it was pretty um, significant. And, uh, and, they can, and we continue to recognize on the full moon of um, February, which was last night, uh, that auspicious event and the benefits and, and beauty of Sangha. Uh, in this case, Sangha meaning uh, those, well, in, in that case, it's pointing to Arahants. But uh, today, Sangha is used, at least in the Thai forest uh, tradition, is most, by the monastics anyway, most commonly used as people lay or monastics um, who have entered the path, entered the stream of Dhamma at some level. Um, and one of those levels, it's, it's uh, four pairs, and those pairs are uh, people on the path and the people who have realized the fruits of this path. So that includes stream enters before they actually enter the stream, but they're on the path, considered a noble being, somebody who's dedicated, um, whose uh, faith is firm, whose confidence is, is firm in, in these teachings. That probably comes from being in contact with uh, people uh, of nobility. I would not recognize an arhant myself. Takes one to know one. I do, however, have my own opinions. <laughs> on, I do think there are arhants in the world uh, today. And I base that on there's monastics that I just... Um, despite personality and that's not to say there's anything wrong with the personality but nothing to do with the personality or feeling I might feel nervous around a particular monastic but I always feel there's, there's some monastics that I always feel at ease around I always feel happy calm, in balance, in tune 
And I think this is something that a benefit uh, from having enlightened or nearly fully enlightened beings in the world is that in their presence we can just feel safe. At least this is uh, my interpretation of my experience anyway. So radically different personalities, but I feel this around Lung Porpasano, first and foremost. And I also feel it around Ajahn Jeff, Ajahn Tanisro. So this is what I mean by nothing to do with personality, because these are two very different personalities. But I spend any amount of time with either of them, and I always feel uh, full in the heart. I always feel, I, I, I naturally come to a place of balance. And if for no other reason, this is a really good, uh, for myself anyway, and I'd encourage you to consider who makes you feel this way. When do you find yourself in the presence of somebody that uh, you just feel confident, solid, full in the heart, um, you know, willing to reflect on our own um, discrepancies, our own proclivities, and to see how we can maneuver, respond to the world given our proclivities in a way that bring us back to balance. I can do this so much easier when I'm around people that I just feel this level of well-being in the presence of. Something else is coming to mind right now, and I'm not sure how this actually fits in. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the great or often times repeated uh, verbiages in this, uh, in, in the Buddhist practice is beautiful in the beginning, beautiful in the middle, and beautiful in the end. And this is really um, present in my life right now. Uh, Alistair is uh, off in Scotland. Um, family gathering together to help with his father who's entering the um, sunset of his life. Uh, I'm going to go over next week, or in a few days actually. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. Jessica and a few others will be sitting in for me. Uh, but we're making the plans for how to care for him as he begins to slip away uh, from us. And that could take years, but it's. Uh, but I, I'm kind of thinking it's not going to take that long, not that it won't take that long, um, but we'll, we'll see. So it's like, how do we provide for our father um, in his last year or two 
beautiful, so that it's beautiful, beautiful in the end. You know, at the same time, then there's Alistair and I, kind of in the middle. Uh, how do I practice in a way that uh, helps us maintain a sense of balance, of a sense of safety, a, a sense of um, importance with our support for one another? Beautiful in the middle. And then beautiful in the beginning, my daughter's about to have her second child. It'll be my last grandchild. Um, so beautiful in the beginning. So we have the beginnings and the middles and the endings are really up in my life right now. Uh, la last night I got a call at 2 in the morning to come to my uh, daughter's house because uh, she's, she's hmm, I can't remember how many, well, about 34 weeks pregnant. And uh, she's been having off and on complications. So she's on, uh, hospital has her on high alert. And so they called me to come. And they were going to take her off to the hospital real quick. Before I got there, they called back and said, I think we're fine. But it's interesting to so now I've got I've got a uh, suitcase not a suitcase but a backpack ready to grab at any moment and go over there um, to take care of the four year old if they have to rush off to the hospital and this is uh, so this idea of beautiful in the beginning even in what could be a really emotionally challenging time. How do we respond? How do we, you know, stay balanced uh, with a heart of goodwill and respond wisely to our reactions, with our reactions to the conditions, even when they're not set up in a way that we would prefer or even enjoy So beautiful in the beginning. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is just to bring to mind those people, you know, my teachers that I feel a great deal of confidence in. Bring them uh, to mind, and uh, I can, you know, I can have moments where I can touch back into. This is what it feels like when I'm in their presence. And it doesn't last very long, but I, at least it reminds me. It's like, I've got this in my pocket. <laughs> but my pockets aren't all that deep right now. I can't, I can't keep my hands down into those pockets right now. But just knowing I can return uh, to this. Well, the uh, puja day, also, the, you know, the the sangha, the friends, the there's there's two levels of of sangha, and that's the internal sangha, the gift of you know the nobility of our efforts, you know, following along the noble eightfold path. 
beautiful in the beginning. You know, even if we haven't reached the stream yet, being on the path, intending to always return to the path. This is, this is where we can put our hands in deep pockets at any moment as well. We can depend on ourselves to return to the path. I remember, uh, I believe it was Longpur Pasana once answering a question to somebody about um, that was somebody that was concerned that they hadn't reached dream entry yet, and and uh, but they they were making every effort, they were practicing uh, the path, but they were just so nervous that they weren't going to get there before they died. And Longpur's response was, and this this makes sense to me now, uh, as far as a person on the path but hasn't reached dream entry yet, is a noble being. He said, those who are practicing well, practicing with integrity, you know, really intending to do their best, utilizing and developing their wisdom factor, their uh, wise reflections, to see if they're in line with um, the intention of the Noble Eightfold Path. If we're there, it's like a tree that's reached out, which we, have, which we can see, reached out over a bank and over a stream, but is not in the stream. But when it dies, it falls into the stream. So we can have confidence that our efforts are worth our full attention. Our efforts to intend to walk the path are really worth it. We don't have to fear about not making stream entry. We just have to fear being lazy about the opportunity that is presented to us. It'll be interesting to, if I, if if my daughter Amy doesn't go into the hospital before Wednesday, it'll be interesting to be over in Scotland and to be organizing for the care of uh, Alistair's father. Uh, well, uh, to be handled well, we're not there well, we're halfway around the world. Um, But also he's entering a stage where he needs more care than um, can be given given to him at home. Um, Physically, right now he's he's really fit, he's really healthy, but uh, uh, he has vascular uh, dementia. And uh, that usually ends in a stroke or a heart attack. We could have a few more years yet, possibly. But it, it's so interesting to be in this place where I'm kind of in the middle. Well, in my mental attitude anyway, I'm in the middle. 
I, I'm 65. I might have, I might have 20 years of, <laughs> you know, of uh, alertness <laughs> and life left in me. So I'm, I'm considering that the middle. <laughs> And my, with my daughter just about to have, uh, to give birth, and my father-in-law just about uh, to pass away. You know, making um, the effort to, in each moment I possibly can, to walk from a place of goodwill to, you know, I mean, and and that possibly can is a big if, but setting the intention. Um, It helps me to feel in, in the middle with two rather dramatic events happening at the same time. One is birth, uh, and yet quite a big challenge for my daughter, so I'm quite I'm a little bit anxious about uh, her well-being. The baby seems to be really healthy, is already four pounds. This is the daughter for myself, was born at 26 weeks, so she was born at one pound, 14 ounces. And uh, the doctors said that um, the night I went into labor, that there was no way that the child would be born alive, and that my chances were about twenty mm, percent to make it through the night. And but we both did. And now she's about to have her second and last child, and she's having complications. So puts me a little bit on uh, an emotional edge. Alistair's dad, I've been very close to him. Alistair obviously is very close, but he and I, I was the person in Alistair's family that I most related, besides Alistair, of course, that I most related to when we went back to Scotland. And we've been back there many, many times. Um, and we, we don't have that same kind of relationship now, so that relationship is morphing. I was going to say dissolve, but I don't feel it actually dissolving. But it's it's morphed into ending the ending of a relationship. Um, it's getting he he can't speak anymore. Very little he can speak. Very little. That's part of the damage that's been done by the little strokes that he's having. Uh, but there's still this heart sense of. Uh, where I feel connected uh, to him, and the same with my daughter Amy. You know, there's a there's a heart sense that I can feel connected, even though we don't know what's going to happen in the next two months with my daughter, and we don't know what's going to happen and her baby, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months with Alistair's father. The beginning of life and the ending of life is just all jumbled together uh, right now. But there is a place that we can uh, 
find uh, common ground in goodwill in our hearts and amongst our our uh, sangha. In this case, I'm using sangha as us, this community of Portland Friends of the Dhamma. You know, the um, when we have challenging. Uh, times and knowing we have people that understand the challenges, uh, it's easier to stay in the middle. It's easier to be uh, confident that we can handle whatever conditions happen to arise. You know, life and death, birth and life and death happen to us all throughout our life and sometimes they kind of come in a clump uh, and then the challenge is where is our center where can I meet with you and feel confident and uh, at ease with whatever arises <laughs> hey hi <laughs> so new life very joyful it's lovely to have around <laughs> so one of the benefits of having this community is the ch uh, children's program having a family welcomed and supported and even as I speak we have uh a member, Bonnie, who is, uh, as many of you know, fourth stage uh, cancer. And she's really grappling with, uh, however, I should, I should qualify this. Fourth, she's had uh, fourth stage cancer for 10 years. So she's an outliner. She's, she's a survivor. It has, uh, it appears to have risen again. And so she's in this conundrum of, uh, you know, not knowing what's going to happen They're waiting for that phone call she just had a bunch of tests done so uh, but not not feeling well so you know this is how it goes this is the reality of our life the reality of our practice and uh, being able to hold space for each other in uh Challenging times and successful times and neutral times. In the beginning, holding space in a beautiful way for each other. In the middle, holding space in a beautiful way. And in the end, holding space uh, for each other. <laughs>